What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our Water's Edge online Sunday morning worship experience once again. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today and tuning in. Today is Future Sunday. Today we take up our offering, Merry Christmas Food Pantry. And so if you're just watching with us online and you would like to text an offering in to help us stock our food pantry for the next three times that we do it and feed our community, we would love to have you to do that. Also, for those of you that continue to worship with us online through giving and generosity, you allow us to minister to so many people and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to our city. Thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. For those of you that continue to like and share these online worship experiences with your circle of influence, we have people tuning in from all over the place. We have people that tune in from Germany, from Massachusetts, from Kentucky, some people from DeRitter, Lake Charles, all over the place. Eunice, we have people that are tuning in from all over the place. Thank you so very much. Continue to like and share these messages. Understand something today that one of the first things, one of the first messages that God wanted you and I to know through Jesus Christ, right as Jesus Christ was being born, as we celebrate Christmas time, one of the first things that God wanted you and I to know was this, Luke chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that'll bring great joy to all people. One of the first things that God wanted us to know is that Jesus was going to bring good news that'll bring great joy to all people. Okay, so today we continue with our current holiday series entitled Joy to the World. No one wants to feel down all the time. No one wants to feel cynical. No one wants to live that way. And you don't have to be and live and feel negative. You don't have to be and feel and live defeated. You don't have to be and live and feel hooked on these constant emotional patterns of sadness. This is not the way that you and I are supposed to feel about life. And this is not what God wants for us. On the other hand, this is what God wants for you and I. He wants us to have joy. Now remember... There is going to come a time in your life when God wants more of you. When God wants more of your heart and your thoughts and your feelings. And joy is when you stop pushing God away. God wants more of your love. He wants more of your devotion. He wants more of your discipleship. And we experience joy and we have that joy when we stop forcing God away from us. There comes a time when God wants more of your faith. And God wants more of your commitment. And God wants more of your life. And joy is when you stop keeping Jesus away from you. And so there's this new thing that we can experience every single day there's this new beautiful amazing thing that you and I can experience every single day in our daily routine sometimes boring life and this has been the main idea of this series and this is what it is and notice this today every single day of your routine life there's the potential to experience God's love and to help someone else experience God's love and for us, that is joy. And always remember that the outward evidence and the inward evidence that you love God, that you follow Jesus, and that you love people is found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And this is the fruit of the Spirit. For the fruit of the Spirit is love for the evidence of the Spirit in our heart and in our life. And it's visible to the outside world is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, Faithfulness, self-control against such things. There is no argument against such things. There is no law. My favorite one-hit wonder band was actually a rhythm and blues duo. And this duo didn't just have one hit song, not just one one-hit wonder song. 
But they actually had one album that was a one-hit wonder album. I mean, even on this album, they had four major hit songs. This duo became famous in 1988 with songs like this, Girl, I'm Gonna Miss You, or Blame It on the Rain, or Baby, Don't Forget My Number, or Girl, You Know It's True. We're talking about Millie Vanilli. And in junior high, all my friends were swaying back and forth at our junior high dances to Millie Vanilli. But the reason why they fizzled out and became a flash in the pan in a one-hit wonder band was this. It wasn't, because, it wasn't like the reason why the other bands would become one-hit wonders and fizzle out. This was completely different. Millie Vanilli was good. I mean, they were great until the news came out that who we thought was Millie Vanilli was not their real voices. They weren't singing the songs that you could listen to on their albums. It wasn't their real voices. And the way we found that out was this. In 1989 at the MTV Music Video Awards, they were singing their song, Girl, You Know It's True. But they were actually lip syncing to a track that was playing with the real singers. And no one knew that. No one knew that it wasn't their real voices. And during that performance, the track got stuck and it kept playing the same line over and over and over again. And they were lip syncing, but they were acting like they were really singing. And all they could do was just run off of stage in embarrassment. Four days later, they got stripped of their Grammy for being fake. A flash in the pan. But this is how that happened. In 1988, a German producer put together this album with several different artists. And some of these artists could really, really sing. And he knew they could sing. But he also said to them, you don't have the right look to sell. You have great voices. Your voices are amazing. But you just don't have the look. You don't look good enough to make money. And so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take your voices. I'm going to take your talent. And I'm going to hire two guys who have the look. They have no talent. They can't sing. But they have the look. And they're going to be the fake image of this band. Your voices are going to be the real voices. And they're going to be the image. And it's all going to be fake. But understand something. Sometimes the world can make you and I feel that way. And sometimes other people in our life can make us feel that way. Like your past is just not good enough. Like your talents and your love is just not good enough. Like your heart and your ideas and your life is just not good enough. And when something happens to you like this, it creates so many personal struggles and it can steal your joy. And many times when we're made to feel by this world or people that we're not good enough, we start to try to cover up that pain by creating this fake, false image that everything's okay. And we create this image to get the approval of the people around us and to get the approval of the world around us and it's the very world that breaks our heart and makes us feel not good enough and so when this happens we stop creating goodness in this world and we stop giving out love in this world but God keeps reaching out to us we see that in the Christmas story we see desperation heartache hurt darkness and pain emptiness and searching but Jesus was reaching out to us God was reaching out to us, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinus was a governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. Understand something that when Jesus is born, Mary and Joseph had to travel to Bethlehem for a census. And that word Bethlehem, that town Bethlehem means this. It means the house of bread. So Mary and Joseph 
or giving birth to Jesus. Joseph was in the line of David. In the Old Testament, it said that David's throne would last forever. And so Jesus is going to be an ancestor to David's throne, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. They have to go to Bethlehem for Jesus to be born for the census. And Bethlehem means the house of bread. We move on. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who is now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Do you see where it says Jesus was laid inside a manger in a barn? Well, that manger was actually a feeding trough to feed animals. So get this, Jesus Christ... The Son of God was born in Bethlehem, the house of bread. And as he was born, he was laid inside of a manger, which was a feeding trough. We move on. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and strips of cloth lying in a manger." It's interesting how this angel goes back over these same details that seem just like surface details. Jesus is born in Bethlehem and lying in a manger. But again, understand Bethlehem was the house of bread. Manger was a feeding trough. And so why would the angel say this is going to be a sign that you will find Jesus in Bethlehem in the house of bread laying inside of a feeding trough? Why would that be a sign? Well, notice what the Gospel of John says about Jesus Christ. And notice that Jesus says this about himself. John chapter 6 verse 35. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. He was born in Bethlehem, the house of bread, laid inside of a feeding trough. And he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. Jesus, the bread of life, was born in the house of bread and laid inside of a feeding trough for every soul that needed joy, he was reaching out. For every soul that needed forgiveness, Jesus was reaching out. For every soul that needed purpose and significance, Jesus Christ was reaching out. For every soul that needed a reason to wake up and live, Jesus Christ was reaching out. In our hunger, in our search for purpose, he was reaching out to us. I remember in 1988, the same year that Millie Vanilli exploded as a one-hit wonder... My family moved from Moss Bluff to De Quincey. It was the summer before my seventh grade year, which means in junior high, my seventh grade year, I was starting a brand new school. I was shy. I was introverted. I was scared to death. I didn't know anyone that was there. I mean, I was terrified. One of the boys in my grade, one of the boys in my class, his name was Derek. He had just lost his mom to cancer the summer before our seventh grade year. He was devastated. He had several brothers and sisters, and they were all very nice to me and very kind to me. That same year during football season, I played basketball, and he played basketball too, which meant we all had seventh hour P.E. It was our athletic P.E., that was also the time the football team would have school-wide pep rallies for their games. And I remember one seventh-hour P.E., we were all getting ready to sit into the stands to get ready for our football pep rally. And he was sitting way up in the stands with his head in his hands, and he was just weeping. And my basketball coach pulled me off to the side. He goes, hey, Bork. He goes, your teammate up there is hurting. 
He's hurting because he lost his mom. You need to go check on your teammate. So here I am. I'm new to this school. I don't have any friends. I'm shy. I'm lonely. I'm scared to death. And my basketball coach pulls me off to the side and pushes me to go check on someone else. He pushes me to go check on my teammate that's hurting because he lost his mom. So I made my way up those stairs and those stands and I checked on him. And we became good friends. He became one of my best friends and one of my greatest defenders in school. Sometimes when other people around us are hurting, you and I have to be pushed to reach out to them. We have to be pushed to go show them love. And there's joy in that. There is joy in creating goodness in this world. There is joy in giving out love to this world, even sometimes if it's an uncomfortable situation. But Jesus, he didn't have to be pushed to come to this world. And Jesus didn't have to be nudged to come here to love you. He didn't have to be pushed to come here to offer us forgiveness and grace and mercy and hope and new life to die for us on the cross and to transform our lives. Jesus came here because he loves us. Notice what it says in John chapter 10, verses 17 through 18. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. The Father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it back up again for this is what my Father has commanded. When Jesus came here, he came here to lay down his life. No one made him do that. He came here to sacrifice his life for you and I. No one made him do that. He saw us in our search for hope. He saw us in our search for healing because we were in darkness and pain he saw us in our search for joy and he came here because he loved us and he was reaching out to you and I and because Jesus loves us perfectly we don't have to be fake anymore we just need to create love and give out love because Jesus loves us perfectly we don't have to pretend like we're something we're not we just have to create love and give out love because Jesus loves us perfectly we don't have to be perfect and we don't have to pretend like we're perfect we just have to create love and give out love and because Jesus loves us perfectly we don't have to not be genuine and not be our authentic selves we just have to create love and give out love John 3 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only son for God so loved that he gave and so this is the question that you and I wrestle with almost every single day we wrestle with this all the time we just don't know how to ask it and we just don't know how to say it this is the question that we think about all the time especially when the holidays are here this is what it is and notice this today. How do you live in this world that can break your heart in so many different ways and so quickly as it does and still have lasting joy? How do you be here? How do you live here in this world that can break your heart just like that and create so much pain for you in this life and pain for the people around you and have lasting joy? Well, this is how, and remember this today, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. There is joy in giving and there is joy in creating. There is joy and we find joy in giving love. There is joy in giving peace to other people. There is joy in giving patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness to other people. There is joy in giving encouragement and hope and grace to other people. There is joy when you and I give joy to other people. There's also joy in creating something that brings goodness to this world like community. There is joy in creating community in this world because it brings goodness to this world but 
not only that, there is joy in creating community help. There is joy in creating community love, community service, community feeding, community sheltering, community compassion, community ministry. There's so much joy in that because you're creating something that brings goodness to this world. How do you live in this world with all the pain that it gives you? And have lasting joy. How do you live in this world that can break your heart so quickly as it does and still hold on to your joy and make sure that that joy lasts? Well, this is how there is joy in creating and giving. There is joy in giving love, joy, peace, patience, help, encouragement to other people. And there's also joy in creating something that brings goodness to this world like community and community love and compassion. The greatest verse that explains the Christmas message to me and the Christmas story to me and the greatest verse that explains the Christmas story in a way that should inspire us to action is this. John 3.16 For God so loved the world and he found joy in that that he gave his only son and he found joy in that that whosoever believes would never perish but have real everlasting life. In the same way as we follow Jesus, how do we have lasting joy in a world that can break our heart? We have joy by giving out love and by creating something that brings goodness to this world. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so very much for tuning in. We cannot wait to see you back next week on a Christmas Eve, Sunday morning. We cannot wait to worship with you. Have a great week. We love you all.